With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. linemen for edge rushers let's just say pass rushers in general i know so many of you out there might say well what about vernon golston what about mike mamula these names these random ones right well i'm here to tell you let's just take you to the basic level hayden okay pass rushers versus offensive linemen are one of the few one-on-one matchups for long stretches of an nfl game right so with that in mind why wouldn't having an athletic advantage just be a natural edge for pass rushers? Now, the other thing, think of your favorite pass rusher, okay, in the NFL playing at this moment. To me, and you can go and second guess me if you want to, there is an excellent chance he was a top athletic tester either at the combine or during his pro day. I want to pull this up, and we talk about composite scores a lot. That's just factoring in. All these athletic tests, not just the 40 time to go along with weight. One of them is Kentley Platt's RAS. These are all pass rushers since 2004 that have a 10 sack season. There's only nine names in the red and really eight because we can change DeForest Buckner to defense attack when he goes in the green. So there's just nine of these names in the red. There's about half a page of yellow, which is average. And then there's over two pages of names in green. Green means good athlete. So again, since 2004, these are all the pass rushers that have been drafted that have a 10 sack season. And the vast majority of them are in green. And if you even will it down Hayden Mm -hmm. to first round picks, it gets even smaller and the gap grows even larger for the green, for the great athletes. Just wanted to get that out there before we started going through all these names and all these athletic tests. When I'm looking at edge rushers, I've noticed in my modeling that uh, actual adjusted athleticism is more predictive than just the raw sack totals in college here. So this is a position that completely matters. Each position, how much athleticism matters, uh, kind of swings back and forth. Uh, edge rushers is certainly one of those positions where give me the athletic traits and most of the time we can figure it out from there. I will never look at it this binary, but if you told me, would you rather draft off of college production or or give me a good athlete to work with rushing the passer, I will choose the good athlete no matter what. Now, in a perfect world, they have everything. And in a perfect world, obviously, all of you will look at these athletic traits, go back and watch his game, his tape at yep. the college level, heck, even highlights. And then that's how you build an evaluation. 
But we were blessed with a bunch of great athletes today, Hayden. Some really were. defensive tackles, some edge, some linebackers as well. Should we hit on a number of names here? Let's do it. All right. Let's start off with Tennessee's Byron Young. Why not? He's like the only one that has a full, complete profile here. Six foot two, 250 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms. So it's almost like this fire hydrant frame, Hayden. But when you list out his entire athletic profile, one six three ten yard split, four four eight forty, a thirty eight inch vertical jump, eleven foot eight or eleven foot excuse me broad jump, and then a very solid three cone to boot. This is a player who I'm not even sure where he was projected, but he loves the outside edge. He loves to turn the corner, use a little rip move to get around heavy footed offensive tackles. And couple that with winning in an athletic style at the college level with great athletic testing means you can build on that at the NFL level. He's been slept on his entire career. He had to actually not go to college first because he had to go work. He became a manager at a local store, then ended up going to college. And he's supposed to be like a day two type of guy. But this is the type of profile that all of a sudden jumps off the page. I think every single scout's going to go back and look and make sure that they're not sleeping on Byron Young. Once again, 99th percentile of broad jump 96 percentile size adjusted score he is a 25 year old senior but he has 98th percentile adjusted spark athleticism uh, my model kind of just takes what traits matter for your specific position i look at composite scores across positions but i want to like pick this the traits that actually matter at edge rusher he has burst and he can turn the corner just enough his three cone time was good enough so i think he's gonna be somebody that people are gonna have to make uh at least take a second look at so only nine pass rushers, let's just say on the edge, completed the three-cone drill today. He was solid in that department. Like when you scan, and I've done this already, like the top performers who were drafted in the top four rounds, 6.89 second threshold, which is just the elite of the elite movers. That goes all the way from your Von Millers, your TJ Watts, your JJ Watts even, down to Max Crosby in round four. No one from this year's class hit that. But again, mm -hmm. at a respectable 250 pounds, Byron Young did hit uh, a 719 second three gun. But that was probably like among all of his athletic tests, his worst one. His worst one, and it's still 60, 60th percentile. So that's yeah. checking every single box. He, he's going to be probably situational pass rusher, all speed, get around the corner and see if they can teach him a move from there. But do you know how important that is now? Like yeah, that is yeah. so different let's say in 2023 versus having that frame and having that style in 2003, you know, mm -hmm. teams pay so much money for second and long third and seven situations to bring someone onto the field as your get off the field guy. You know, we see big money exchange every single off season for someone to create that pressure, that disruption, that sack that allows your offense to get back on the field or heck even close a game in the fourth quarter. Um, and Byron Young might have those types of skills. Again, when I went back and I tried to rifle through as much tape today when all these guys were working out, he just loves that outside move. But what he's so good at is once he gets that pocket depth, turning the corner and getting inside. And he does try to utilize a long arm with some of these offensive tackles mm -hmm. too. There we go. I, I'm fine. Role players in day two, that's totally fine yes, with me. Totally fine with me. Uh, I know a lot of people will want to hear about Nolan Smith, the Georgia edge rusher. A weird, I'm not going to say weird frame. I am. Because it's just 238 pounds. Like when you think about defensive ends for so long, uh, you were thinking 250, 255. Miles Garrett. Yeah. Miles Garrett, yes. But at 238, it was a heck of a workout. 32 and 5 inch, inch arms, a 1 5 2 10 yard split, a 4 3 9 
40 yard dash to go along with a 41 and a half inch vert and 10 foot, eight inch broad jump. He is a 96th percentile adjusted spark athlete per my model. That's 99th percentile in the vert, 95th percentile in the broad jump, super explosive. That weight they talked about is fifth percentile among drafted edge rushers. Um, but he's got speed, speed, speed. We've seen some undersized edge rushers. They kind of get capped out around like the 15th, the 25th kind of overall pick. Um, and that's where he kind of was slotted out in like Daniel Jeremiah's big board too. So this was expected. His numbers aren't elite because there's so many guys on the Georgia uh, line. He's been dealing with some injuries here. He probably is not going to be an every down player, but man, he can beat you across the edge. So I would say his floor is the 32nd overall pick at this point. He's locked into round one. And what I love about this is we actually do see him stuffing the run at, and who knows if he's dropped weight to run a faster 40, but here he is. I mean, he takes in a pulling guard, stuffs the hole, forces the running back to bounce outside. That's good stuff. I mean, you think about Georgia, and I am Alec pointed this out. I'm going to miss some names here, but you have Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, all playing next to each other. And just the ludicrous athletes that they had at that position. That's not so stuff. Uh, as you pointed out in the broadcast, Daniel Jeremiah com repeatedly compared um, Nolan Smith to Hassan Reddick. And Hassan Reddick was one of these really interesting prospects coming out of Temple. Had a great senior bowl week rushing the passer, but at Temple, he's almost a hybrid player. No wonder Steve Kime loves him some hybrid linebackers. And then in his first couple of years, played him, well, I should say the defensive staff did, as an off-ball linebacker. But he's really flourished in the last couple of years. Obviously, his final year with Arizona, his one year with Carolina. And then we all know what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Yep. I, I think there will be some mock drafts. I'll have them inside the top 10. And I hadn't seen a bunch of them uh, to the state, but I think they're coming. Okay. I know many will want to also hear about Pittsburgh defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi. Uh, another intriguing frame, and we're getting more and more of these, these like smaller stature interior disruptors. For him, he's six foot one and weighs just 281 pounds. What is most different about Kansi is that. His arms were shorter than 31 inches. They were at 30 and 5 eighths inch. And I'm not just here to point out that, hey, if he has one measurement that's different than everyone else and almost an outlier, that means we should knock him. That means he's an outlier. Or that means he is undraftable. Uh, instead, I'm just pointing it out because I almost love how it makes all these prospects unique or uncommon, so on and so forth. What is uncommon about that is only eight defensive linemen at the NFL combine. We're talking interior guys here since 2011 have posted an arm length shorter than 31 inches. And he is now the ninth, some successful ones in that range. Dean Lowry had 31 inch arms and Milton Williams had 31 and a half inch arms. But then he goes and works out, runs his 10 yard split of one, six, four at 281 pounds. Uh, that's a faster 10 yard split than almost everyone other than Aaron Donald, Kerry Wynn, Chris Wormley, Nick Williams, and Henry Anderson at the position since 2013. He has the fastest uh, adjusted uh, 40 time at the position for me. It does come at second percentile weight. So it's not only just outlier arm length, it's outlier weight completely. Now, he was so athletic in all of these drills that I think he's going to get some round one buzz. The immediate counter you're going to get to that is, can he hold up on a double team? And right. I totally agree with it. So 
does uh, do role players go round one? Sometimes at the end of the draft, they can do that. To expect them to be in every single uh, every day on tackle is probably pretty rich. At least that's what the tape grinders are going to say. Uh, but the man's got juice, juice, juice. I do. I mean, I'm a little bit curious if they're going to ask him to put on a little bit more weight to kind of play more downs, or if they're just going to say, "Guess what? You're going to come in on third and eights, and you're going to rush from the interior, and we're going to see if you can wreck, wreck havoc." But I think he's going to be pretty, uh, somebody that's going to be uh, ranking very highly in models. Uh, the tape guys are going to say, what's his exact role? And that's going to be the debate. You're going to hear a lot of comparisons with him, not just because of where you went to school, but also the size and because the 10-yard split to Aaron Donald. Um, unfortunately, with Cansey, we did not get a vertical jump, a broad jump, a three-cone, a shuttle, or bench press so far. Bench press is later. Just um, speed. Just straight line speed. And Aaron Donald wrecked all of those. Aaron Donald is one of the best athletes we've seen in the position. Aaron Donald is one of a kind. It's all easy to say in that department. Uh, I also believe that Mike Renner of PFF, who we've had on the show many times, and Mina Kime, when I'm in Kimes' show, and mentioned that Kansi's just not very good at stopping the run in terms of holding double teams or even 1v1. And he almost has to freelance at the college level to work around blocks or shoot gaps in order to penetrate and disrupt and so on and so forth. Um, actually, Aaron Donald does a little bit of that at the NFL level, but he's such a freak. Let's say just the freak he earned of freaks that he has earned the right to do that. And he is very good at it and not many other people can do it. But I love prospects like this that break the mold that can be used at least situationally. And maybe it grows from there. Um, again, just love these types of stories, love these types of prospects because it gives us a different flavor rather than your normal 305 pounder that they all look the same yeah. every single year. Uh, other notes for him. He was a power five early declare early declare is definitely something that you want. The NFL told this guy to come out early and he had 93rd percentile tackles for loss per game among drafted defensive tackles. So we're talking about every single thing aside from the weight and the, and the arm length is checking analytical boxes. I think he's probably going to go round two. Maybe he goes late into round one. I think he's going to be on that kind of fringe. He's definitely going to be a role player, though. I feel like in the world of streaming services, it is very easy to forget that you subscribe to a platform for just one show, one event, one game and then get charged over and over and over again. We've all been there after checking our monthly bank statement, and that's just the start of the process. After that, you have to find out where to cancel, how to cancel, click on this button, that button, email this person, that person. But now there is one easy way to take care of all of that. It is rocket money. It shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels them for you, whichever ones you do not want. And in fact, Rocket Money can find subscriptions you did not even know you were paying for. That's like an extra, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks that you found in your couch cushion. Again, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That is rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. All right, let's stick with the interior and talk about Adi Adi Boware. All right, this is my guy out of Northwestern. He's only been my guy for about eight hours now. But these, as you know, are the types of prospects that I fall in love with, whether it be Malik Jackson 
whether it be Javon Hargrave, most recently Milton Williams. At 6'2", 282 pounds, he did not work out next to Kansi or a bunch of these other defensive tackles because they listed him at the edge grouping, which makes sense. He played about 750 snaps this year, around 300 were on the interior, and that means about 450 were on the outside. But again, at 6'2", 282 pounds, he produced a 1-6-1 10-yard split, a 4 4 9 40, 37 and a half inch vertical jump, and a 10 foot 5 inch broad jump. This is freakishness. Completely rare stuff. In fact, uh, the speed score, which takes basically your, your weight and kind of adjusts it for how fast you're running the 40, it's the best all time in my database, database at the edge position or defensive tackle. So that's going to be the debate for him. He's got all this burst, he's got some size to him. How much size kid is he going to put on another 10, 15 pounds and kick inside? Is he going to go oh. try to win off the edge? Like you said, even going back to Northwestern, he was kind of playing both positions here at the combine. He was kind of playing both positions. He chose edge probably because they make a little bit more money here. We'll have to see what he does, but he's got burst, 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 burst. Uh, the weight 93rd percentile among, among edge rushers would be on the light side for defensive tackle. This guy's got burst, burst, burst. I mean, if you can have someone like this who has so much experience on the edge already at 282 pounds and play him, let's just say in base downs or certain packages on the outside. And then when we get to second long pure passing situations, third and seven, third and 12 plus and kick him in inside against heavy footed offensive linemen, interior offensive linemen, and just let him work. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Like again, those prospects and especially interior defensive linemen who can bend and change direction and work angles like they go straight to my heart yep. and adi, 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 adi. I mean, this guy, I'm surprised you know that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I wasn't down there at senior bowl week, have not watched all their practices, have only watched a handful of his reps right now, apparently blew it up mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be shocked. And again, have not done rankings, haven't looked at anyone else's at this very same time. But this is one of those players that to me already, no matter what, is someone you want to work with at the NFL level because there are so many hits with yeah. this type of, of profile who, man, interior disruption is king. And then you already have the fluidity and I think a true hybrid player that so many teams covet right now. Like that is, I'm all over it. Yep, he's probably going to be a day two type of guy. Very intriguing day two guy. It's kind of like what Milton Williams ended up being. Um, Northwest senior, is producing a ton of athletes recently, by the way. Yes, they have been absolutely wrecking. I did look at just kind of his pro, uh, his like production profile. It's like the 20th-ish percentile among drafted defensive tackles. Uh, Northwestern, though, was like horrible this year. They're like 1 in 11 or something. Crazy were like they that. really? So, Yes, they were like they gave up like the 130th in scoring on defense. So they had nobody. It was just him running around like a madman. They had nobody else. I don't know what that means or if that means anything at all, but uh, a sleeper, no longer a sleeper. Okay, one more interior defensive lineman. That's Jalen Redmond coming out of Oklahoma. Believe he is a senior, also went down to the senior bowl, six foot two, 291 pounds, 32 and 5 H, eighth inch arms, uh, a tie for the second best among his position group. Uh, with a 171 10-yard split, second best 40 at 4.85, best vertical jump, 34 and a half inch, best brawl jump, nine foot eight inches, best three cone at 7.3. Not many did it, mm -hmm. and best short shuttle at 4.51 seconds.
all of those were 90th percentile scores. He ended up being a 90th percentile athlete among defensive tackles in my model. Uh, he's older. He's like all these guys. A lot of times these athletes are not super productive. They were in unique roles and they come out and crush in the combine and they go day two. I think that Jalen Redman is going to be one of those guys. He is tied for the ninth best vertical jump among combine defensive tackle prospects since 2009 uh, and the 11th best broad jump since uh, 2009 as well. I need to dig into it. Like he is other than Adi Adi, uh, the only other prospect that I will dive into immediately after this. But it's so cool. I mean, again, we're not talking about big bodies, 300 plus pounders. They certainly play their role. Each team needs one of those right now. But we are talking about guys that can create havoc on the interior, you know, ones in true pass sets that can make a big difference and get their team off the field. And we've seen those from 291 pounds to 281 pounds to 282 pounds working with different position groups. Uh, those are the four or five that did the majority of athletic testing that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we also need to bring up Will Anderson, who checked in at six, three and a half, 253 pounds, 33 and seven eighths inch arms, only did the 40 yard dash, and that clocked in at 1.61 10 yard split and a 4.640. That's 72nd percentile for that 10-yard split. That's measuring initial burst. That's very key, obviously, for edge rushers. His size-adjusted 40 is in the 78th percentile. He's not a speed demon out there. Do not get it twisted. He's fine enough. And he actually weighed more than people were expecting. He did crack that uh, 250 number. Uh, Did not get any of the other testing, but this is just purely checking the box. 78th percentile, size-adjusted 40. Daniel Jeremiah was comparing him to Khalil Mack, just kind of based off of body type. He's somebody that's going to win with power and uh, just like raw strength. And I think some of these other drills might be able to help him out there. But ultimately, he's was the number one player coming into the season. He is, I would say, locked into the top five, third overall, first overall, possibly fifth overall to the Seahawks. Very intrigued by what he jumps at the pro day. Very intrigued by his agilities. And maybe he just doesn't do them and just yeah. stands on this 40. Like we've seen that actually in recent years with some of these prospects. Yeah. COVID played a part in some of that, too, well, for some. But like. Again, for first-round pass rushers, to me, it is vital, vital mm-hmm. to have great athletic testing, yeah. um, and we'll see with him. The guys that typically go this high into drafts are better athletes and bigger yes. than him. Miles Garrett, your Bosa brothers, all of those types are better athletes than Will Anderson. Does that matter enough? Is there? There's not another edge. Run the, I think this draft just in general is down, and his tape was so good. He was dominating at Alabama for years that he's still going to go top five, but like comparing him to like Bosa and stuff, those guys were like 99th percentile athletes. He's probably going to be 75th percentile or something like that. Yeah. His on the mic work is fantastic. If you all want to go and watch his interview with Mike Florio and Chris Sims, it is compelling video for 17 minutes. He's a, a great character. And that's not to say like I am down on Will Anderson at all. Um, there weren't that many snaps. I felt that he was able to like unleash his athleticism like there were a few and we'll point them out as we go along in this draft process um but when you did you saw really change of direction you saw closing speed you saw all of it and yeah i mean if he hits like an 80th percentile athlete that's is totally fine that's totally fine in my book anyone else Um, you specifically want to talk about here yeah just real quick just kind of rounding out who else is supposed to go super high at the position tyree wilson he didn't test uh daniel jeremiah tweeted out that he's crushing Yeah, he's an edge rusher, really big height in the 92nd percentile, 
arm length like a pterodactyl at the 97th percentile. He's going to get uh, a thumbs up for me just because of how big he is. Miles Murphy on the flip side, he was also getting some top 10 buzz. Uh, he's waiting for his pro day at Clemson, Clemson on March 14th, correct? Uh, eight and a half inch tiny little hands. And they listed him at Clemson at 275 pounds. He weighed in at 258, and he opted not to test. So maybe he's a loser, not because he tested poorly, but the fact that he came in smaller and opted not to test. He was somebody that was getting top 10 love. I wonder if Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith are going to kind of flip each other after the combine. And then somebody that actually got really strong numbers, uh, Lucas Finesse. He was at Iowa, kind of a rotational player, still very productive. He is a 95th percentile adjusted uh athlete in my model he's crushing a bunch of this stuff he's big 272 pounds so a lot of these guys that we're talking about are in that 250 or below range he's one of the more traditional 272 pounds he's got like a late round one grade his tape's kind of all over the place but the athleticism check the box as expected yeah it is a shame that we don't really get these agilities from these pass rushers anymore that's kind of becoming a trend i thought maybe moving the time to three o'clock which i actually think perfectly times out for watching and covering the event uh but they are opting not to do it and probably going to work on it a bit more and then do it at their pro days yeah um because to rewind just a little bit here like we aren't just talking about 40s and 10 yards and that's it like what the combine now is distributed to all of you as it's a event for 40s and positional drills and they kind of forget about all the jumps and all the agilities meanwhile the 40 is just one of seven plus tests that you should uh weigh with weight you know mm -hmm. that you should attach weight to and that gives you a composite score and composite athleticism so that's why we're factoring in weight with all our conversations here and why someone like Adi Adi at 282 pounds <laughs> versus someone at 243 pounds at the same position group jumping four or five inches less is yeah. still, while the raw number might be smaller, out of this world. That's someone yep. like, imagine putting a 40-pound vest on your shoulders and then trying to do the exact same athletic test. It's a huge difference. And this comes even bigger into play when we get to wide receivers, when you're going to see a 225-pound wide receiver work next to a 282-pound wide receiver. And again, think about the difference in 43 pounds on your shoulders and running the same and jumping the same. I can actually imagine that's called my uh, sophomore year at USC <laughs> after uh, joining fraternity. Uh, some other, just real quick, uh, Lucas Vaness, by the way, he actually did run the three cone and he came in oh, at the good. 81st, 81st percentile at a big weight. So that's a big win for Lucas Vaness. Uh, Will McDonald, he only jumped. He was supposed to like absolutely crush the combine. He had like 103 degree fever and he still had 99th percentile broad jump and he didn't do any of the other stuff, but he was very fluid, a big athlete. He's somebody on my radar. And then for linebackers, uh, an Auburn guy, he had a 95th percentile score. Uh, a white linebacker out of Iowa absolutely lit up the combine. He's somebody that we got to keep an eye on. And then Clemson's Trenton Simpson. He was kind of like a fringe round one, round two off-ball linebacker. 95th percentile adjusted 40. He's probably got a chance to go round one now. His name is not white linebacker. It's Jack Campbell coming from Iowa at 6'5", 249. Uh, yeah, he did have a 10-foot, 8-inch broad jump, a great three-cone and short shuttle as well. And to your point... Um, Will McDonald out of Iowa State recorded the third best broad jump at 11 feet among defensive ends at the Combine since 2009. Um, he was sick. Yeah, we didn't get any 40s from him. We didn't get yeah. any agilities from him. So it's a narrow athletic test that we have so far. But 
very intrigued to track that throughout the rest of the process. I do have a couple things to say just about the combine now in general. Um, I want to pull up this tweet actually from our, our buddy Bingle, where <laughs> you see defensive ends running 439, 443, 448, 449, a 451. Those are running back numbers. 458, 458. Um, and he just says, this is not real. Part of me honestly does believe that there is a difference in results when these athletes, these prospects get to work out at three o'clock or later versus 9 a.m. and getting up at that day, as we've heard for decades at 6 a.m. and getting poked and prodded and weighed and bench press and so on and so forth. Like this is closer to the environment they would have at their pro days. And we all know we all hear about fast tracks. Well, yeah. you also get full rests and mm -hmm. wide awake. During those periods, yeah. I, I do think that that is a contributing factor here. And it was also very odd that this year, most of the official 40s were faster than the unofficial 40s. And typically, let's say two decades, that yeah. has been flipped. Yeah, that was super interesting to me. The other thing is, like you said, people are not, they're skipping out on some drills because they're getting their body in shape for one specific thing that they're caring about. And they are testing well on that. And then they'll drop weight go do the three cone drill at another date. So all these scores are going to be better. The training is much better. There's an emphasis on the actual drills here. Like never before the athletes obviously are still getting better as well. So I think every single year we're going to be stunned by all these numbers, uh, rightfully so. And, and the entire league is getting smaller. Uh, Devin white was getting interviewed talking about what he's looking at linebacker. He's like speed. Like I, you don't have to weigh 265 pounds anymore and thump, uh, inside the box. He's like, just go cover somebody, go, be, go be fast. Although things might be changing a little bit with these two high shells and teams running more and more and having more explosive runs than ever, you know, like maybe we are going to go back in the cycle a little bit of this smash mouth football. One final note. There's another change to the combine this year, and this is just me nerding out on stuff. Typically with these quote unquote throwing quarterbacks, there are like <laughs> the quarterback 20 of prospects that they bring in. I think back in the day, like Tyler Bray was one of them and everyone lost their mind. If that name connects with you, you're a true sicko like me. Uh, this year, it's Kurt Benkert and Carson Strong. So they're bringing in either practice squad, future contracts, or just free agent quarterbacks yeah. to throw to these. And we're going to see them a lot more, not just throwing to linebackers and defensive linemen, which I think is a, an interesting wrinkle here. I liked it. Uh, I saw that the um, I think it was Nolan Smith was went over there to tell him how to throw the ball better, which I thought was funny too. <laughs> Carson Strong, notably not known for his accuracy throwing balls over the middle, actually is known for throwing interceptions though. So that oh. he is throwing to defensive players. So they found a right fit. So we will most likely do this on the other three days of the NFL Combine. Tomorrow is defensive backs along with special teamers. Saturday is a big one that starts at one Eastern that's quarterbacks, wide receivers and tight ends. And then Sunday is offensive linemen and running backs. Let us know what you think. Subscribe to the channel. Leave comments down below. Yeah. Do all the good stuff. Prediction. I think the running backs and wide receiver videos are going to do better than defensive tackles. <laughs> Leave <laughs> I a am comment. Help you, us though. out. <laughs> like I know we're just going live and just talking here. Um, athleticism is imperative, imperative for pass rushers. One-on-one -on -one matchup. It is an easy advantage. It's a natural advantage. And again, go back, do the homework yourself. Look at 10 sack seasons, or you can go to five sack seasons or just first rounders that have hit. Most, the vast majority of them was, are good athletes. Your favorite pass rusher was a great athletic tester. You can throw Vernon Golson, Mike Mamula, whoever you want in my face. I will go down with that ship that your favorite pass rusher was almost certainly 
a great athlete. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Up the villa. See you then. <laughs>